the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's always an honor. Today is Thursday, July the 23rd, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on July 23, 1829, William Austin Burt. He received a patent for his typographer. That's what he called it. That was a forerunner, of course, to the typewriter. And to those of you who are still children, 40-ish, you're saying, what is a typewriter? Well, it's a machine that has keys on it, kind of like your keyboard at your computer, but it's self-contained. It makes noise, and people pound on the keys, and we used to type on sheets of paper. Anyway, that patent was filed and given today, 1829. Today, 1967, five days after five days of deadly rioting erupted in Detroit. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Early morning police raid on an unlicensed bar resulted in a confrontation with local residents. It escalated. The violence spread to other parts of the city. Forty-three people were killed, blacks and whites. Today, in 1983... An Air Canada Boeing 767 ran out of fuel. It was flying from Montreal to Edmonton. The pilots were able to glide the plane to a safe emergency landing in Manitoba. But the reason, the reason it ran out of fuel is the people on the ground, um, they forgot what kind of metrics they were using. And the fuel had been erroneously measured in pounds instead of kilograms at a time when Canada was converting to the metric system. Being exact sometimes matters, doesn't it? We live in a world of kind of whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. Today, 1999, Space Shuttle Columbia blasted off with the world's most powerful X-ray telescope. It also was piloted by Eileen Collins, first woman to command a U.S. space flight. Today in 2017, a tractor-trailer semi was found in a Walmart parking lot in San Antonio, Texas. It was crammed with dozens of immigrants. Ten of them died or were dead. Many more were treated at a hospital for dehydration and heat stroke. James Bradley Jr. admitted when he was contacted by the police that he was the driver of that. He had abandoned it there. He didn't know what to do. He was sentenced to life in prison after he pleaded guilty. Five years ago today, Secretary of State John Kerry told the Senate Foreign Relations Committee he was, he said, it's just fantasy, plain and simple for all you people in Congress to claim that President Barack Obama failed to insist on enough restraints on Iran's nuclear program before agreeing to lift economic sanctions. Lifting the economic sanctions included Obama delivering in the middle of the night, literally, in an unmarked plane to the airport in Tehran, millions and millions and millions of dollars in cash on a pallet. I saw the pictures, and you probably did too. And now we all know, 
that John Kerry was either not telling the truth or not very well informed because President Barack Obama's deal with Iran gave them a sure path, sure path, to have a nuclear weapon in 10 years. That was five years ago today. As the world turns, well, I'll tell you, we're living in a time of uncertainty and chaos. I was reading, I was reading in the Old Testament yesterday, actually, and I made a note of this. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, not something I usually, you know, take, grab it first thing in the morning to get some inspiration from, but I mean, God's word is always inspiring. But anyway, I was reading there. And let me share a couple of verses with you because it really connects with what I want to talk to you about today. In in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, the Bible says, And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. Then the next verse says, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Now, I mean, I understand that has to do with those circumstances, but it gives us an insight into how God feels about lawlessness and how God feels about rebellion toward the law, because the Bible is very clear and supports law and order, because that's how the human race works. And it gives us an insight into how God feels about this. And he, he God equates rebellion with witchcraft. Not only a, a rebellion against the truth, but an acceptance of the spirit of lawlessness or the spirit of the Antichrist. And perhaps that gives us a little bit of an insight into what's going on in our culture today. The shootings in New York City have surged 220% compared to the same week last year. Well, other crimes have increased as well, but shootings, 220%. Over the last weekend in New York City, shooting incidents, 220% compared to the same last year. It increased by 194.1% compared to the same 28-day period. It's amazing. Mayor Lightfoot in Chicago, she's vowing this morning to never, ever allow federal police, meaning Donald Trump's troops, the federal police, in Chicago. She's doing that. She's doing that in the same week that 15 people, were shot at a funeral, 15 at one funeral this week in Chicago. And the funeral was for a man who had been shot by another black. How do you put all this together? How do you make sense out of these kinds of responses from leaders? Seattle Times this this morning says this, headline, Clashes in Portland, anxiety in Seattle as Trump sends more federal agents into U.S. cities. They are putting politics over law and order. They don't want law and order 
They want chaos if that can contribute in any way to bringing down a president that they hate. And that's what's going on in our culture today across the nation, in the cities of the Northwest, Seattle and Portland for sure. Portland has become the banner carrier for chaos and idiocy. A protester is engulfed by a cloud of chemicals deployed by federal officers in Portland where the where the mayor was among those tear gas last night. His opening words in the Seattle Times this morning. Hours after President Trump announced he's sending hundreds of federal agents into other cities to confront violence, Seattle is growing anxious over what could happen here next and how to react. In our dispatch from a long night on the angry streets of Portland, a sharp question reverberates. This is the Seattle Times this morning. How will this all end? I think a lot of people are asking that question, but it it all depends on what you believe as to what conclusion you come to. But I think it is an important question. How does this all end? But even more important, how did we get here? A wall of moms has now emerged in Portland. International news organizations are creating an impression with words and pictures that show a group of mothers trying to protect their children from Donald Trump and his troops in the streets of Portland. They claim Trump is breaking the law, and now they're suing him as their children continue to march and loot and destroy and burn private and public property. And the the media is going to a great extent right now to try to separate the two. We were saying there were two different groups here weeks ago on this program, and I, I don't I say that humbly, but we were. I had, I mean, I'm not half smart, but I had figured that out, and I think most of you had too. And we were talking about it on this program weeks and weeks ago. We were saying that there's these people who are uninformed out on the streets marching and carrying their signs and smiling and, you know, laughing with each other and so on, just like Martin Luther King or whatever. But there was also a group within the group, Antifa and others. There's a couple of youth organizations that are far, far left radical lawlessness to the to the nth degree. They were integrated into this group of non-informed people, and they were starting to do the writing. But I will tell you, and they were doing destruction, I will tell you that now some of the so-called peaceful people have transitioned into the not-so-peaceful people that you're seeing on the streets, both in Seattle and Portland and Chicago. Local news stories yesterday in Portland carried this message. More than a 1,000 people filled the city's core for the second straight night to rally against police violence and systemic racism. Portlanders have amassed every night since late May to demand reforms to the criminal justice system, which means, (laughs) I digress, which means abolishing the police. That's what it means. Those are their words, not mine. The crowds... Crowds, local media says, the crowds had increased, had decreased in size, but repeated use of force by federal officers against protesters, which occurred again Tuesday, has fueled larger crowds and attracted nationwide scrutiny to Portland. Well, there's no question that Portland has attracted a lot of scrutiny. Everybody is talking about it from Fox to MSNBC to whatever. And Seattle is standing in the shadow because Seattle has just gone through this thing on Capitol Hill, an illegal seizure of personal 
private property and some state-owned property and federally-owned property on Capitol Hill. They called it CHOP. They called it CHAZ, and they called it CHOP. Mayor Jenny Durkin called it a summer of love, and all of a sudden that wasn't working for her. Now they're trying to recall her, and a judge has already dismissed six of the seven charges against her made by the people who are trying to create a recall vote on Jenny Durkin. She's fighting tooth and nail to keep her job that she is in way over her head. She can't handle it. Ted Wheeler in Portland's the same thing. This is the problem. And they are allowing this spirit of lawlessness, this spirit of rebellion, to seep into every part of the culture. Well, they stand with the people who are perpetrating the rebellion, the chaos, and the rioting. That's where we are today, and that's where we're living today. Mainstream, national, international news organizations, they're all reporting kind of the same narrative, that everything was pretty good until Donald Trump inserted himself and his federal troops, and they always personalize the federal troops. They're not Donald Trump's troops. They're America's troops. They belong to our government. He's president now. Someone else will follow him, hopefully, four and a half years from now, not sooner than that. But these aren't his troops. And they know that, but they want to, they, they want to personalize it so they can demonize for example, the Daily Mail, based in Europe with offices in the United States, it's a widely read piece of rag as far as I'm concerned, but it's out there and a lot of people read it. They have offices in the U.S. all over the place, several of them around the country. But they're saying about the same thing in the text of their story that the local news in Seattle or Portland is saying about this whole situation. But their pictures, the pictures that they choose to publish Tell, I wish this were television. I'd put the pictures up for you, but we did put them in an article today at faithandfreedom.us. I put them in that article, and, and also other much many other sources are linked for you to follow. But they're using these pictures to give the world who looks at their publications a picture of people who are oppressed by federal law enforcers and moms, it now has a name, a wall of moms, standing between their children and Donald Trump to protect their children from this evil, evil man that people in America elected to be president of the United States. And they have, they, and they have added a religious note to all of it. Their pictures tell a story. You know, you've heard this the comment that uh, pictures worth a thousand words. They are. They're powerful. Images are powerful. People remember them. One picture shows two moms carrying a sign that reads, Mother Mary lost a son to state violence. In other words, their children are walking in the same footsteps as Jesus. The state is trying to kill our children, just like the state killed Mother Mary's child, Jesus. Another shows a woman carrying a sign which reads, We are the granddaughters of the witches. You could not burn. Talking about the Salem witch trials. Blaming Christians. I mean, it's amazing, man. It says, We are the granddaughters of the witches. You could not burn. And now we are mamas. 
Have you ever wondered, can liberty be abused? Liberty is as American. I mean, we're the only nation on this planet that has a Liberty Bell. (laughs) It's cracked, but we have one. It's like liberty is like apple pie, although apple pie probably has some hidden racist quality that has been previously suppressed. But, I mean, it's just America. We When we talk about it, give me liberty or give me death, Patrick Henry said as the British were closing in and trying to shut down the colonists. He and his colleagues knew that the battle was for liberty and freedom. Patrick Henry was a devout Christian, homeschooled. His parents were devout Christians. And when he spoke, he always spoke from a biblical point of view. Many of our founders, most of them did. He was particularly biblical in his whole approach to life. His worldview was a biblical worldview. And when he said, give me liberty or give me death, it was not just, hey, I want to be free. It was he understood that liberty is at the very heart of God. Rebellion, as I just read the prophet Samuel, Rebellion is equated to witchcraft, as far as God is concerned. And I think that puts it in perspective. Nightly, we are told that the demonstrations in the streets are mostly peaceful, the picture of democracy. I don't know how many times I've heard this. This is how democracy works. This is what democracy looks like. This is not what democracy looks like. This is what rebellion and witchcraft looks like. This is what rebellion from a darkened heart who has not seen the light of God's truth looks like. Every night, about a thousand or more people across America in large markets and small markets, they get on their TV, they get on their TV set, the cameras roll, and they look you right in the eye and they say, more rioting in the streets and wherever, or maybe in their own town, wherever it is. I mean, it doesn't matter. This is what democracy looks like. But you know, it isn't what democracy looks like. And you have to ask your question, can liberty be abused? I think it can. Our founding fathers were very concerned about that. George Washington, in fact, sent a circular to the states on Sunday June the 8th, 1783. In it, he said, and I'm quoting him, these are his words, George Washington, 1783. He was concerned that liberty can be abused. It's not a license to do anything you want, anytime you want. George Washington said to the people of this nation, arbitrary power is most easily established on the ruins of liberty abused in licentiousness. Now, we probably wouldn't use those words today, but what he's saying is that arbitrary power, dictatorial power, is almost always established on the ruins of liberty when it's abused by personal ambition. Washington believed that a strong federal government was essential to preserve the independence of the colonies. We had declared our freedom. We had separated ourselves from an oppressive king. He feared that faction and disorganization would tear the states apart and cripple the new country's future. We should be concerned about that as well. And you say, well, these people are trying to separate themselves from an evil government. Well, it all depends on your worldview. It all depends on how you see America. 
If you've been raised in a public school where every day you've been taught that America is evil, America is systemically racist, that Jamestown in 1607 was really about racism and slavery. It really wasn't about new opportunities and building a, a city on a hill and all of that. When you've been taught that your whole life in public classrooms, and believe me, they have been, of course you're going to see this as an evil entity. America, not America the beautiful, not America the blessed by God, not America the most generous, the most prosperous nation in the history of the world. No, you'll never see that because that's been clouded by secularism and atheism and rebellion, witchcraft. These kids are indoctrinated in that. Maybe they get a little education along the way. Maybe they learn to read and write. But I will tell you, our our public education system is deficient to the degree that it is producing, in great part, what you're seeing on the streets today. Uninformed, ill-informed kids and parents who don't have a clue as to how great America is. They need to go live in some of the countries where I've been as a mission missionary and as a, an evangelist, a Christian uh, minister and preacher. I've been in these countries. I've been in the back corners of this world. And I will tell you, they have no clue where this can go. At what point do these so-called demonstrations tear us apart and cripple our future? At what point do these acts of violence and personal destruction become become a crime? If you listen to these people who are leading this country in the large cities, whether it's Seattle, Portland, Chicago, if you listen to them, you would get the idea that crimes have no consequences. Lawlessness is a virtue. James Madison, James Madison once wrote, Liberty, I'm quoting him, Liberty may be endangered by the abuses of liberty, as well as by the abuses of power. What he's saying is that these people who are uh, trying to get rid of Trump at any cost and abusing the Trump administration and all conservatives who voted for him, they're trying to do this in the context of liberty and freedom, freedom of speech and whatever, what Madison is saying, who was one of the founders of this country, I'm a little bit worried about this because uh, liberty can be abused just as much as power can be abused. We've got to keep a balance. And we're not keeping that balance in America because our kids have been deprived of an education that even has to do with anything that is based on the accurate historical account of this country, much less biblical principles upon which this country was built. On June 24th, CNN, June 24, that's a month ago, CNN, despite warnings from the health officials, reported, a new study published this month found no evidence that coronavirus cases grew in the weeks following the beginning of the protests. That was their main story, big story. In other words, they were saying, some of you people out there think that these kids that, uh, that are marching in the streets for liberty and freedom of speech and whatever, you think that they are somehow projecting and infecting one another with the coronavirus. But that's not true. A published, a published statement this month shows that it's not true. In fact, CNN told their audience, researchers determined, I'm quoting them, 
One month ago, almost to the day, June 24, researchers determined that social distancing behaviors actually went up after the protesters. The protesters are bringing about a renaissance of good behavior, according to CNN. That's how screwed up we are in this country today. All of this while churches and schools and businesses have been declared non-essential and shut down because of the virus by far-left mayors and governors who stood by and applauded the young patriots who are screaming in each other's face six inches apart, denouncing America as a terrible country that is racist to the core. How do you figure that out? And these people pompously stand by on the sidewalks of America and watch our children, who are uninformed for the most part, led by a a group of cultural Marxists, burn, destroy, and loot our cities. How do you put all that together? You can't. We need a fundamental change in our view. And that's not going to come by re-electing or electing a different mayor in a city like Seattle or Portland or Chicago or New York or whatever. I think we're past that point personally. I think it's going to take an act of God, and I believe with all my heart that Christians have got to be involved, be involved in the upcoming elections, the primary in Washington State coming up. Be involved. Get everybody around you involved. Tell them to vote. Vote their their faith, their, their values, and so on. But I got to tell you, we're going to have to get to a point where we get on our knees and say, God, please help us. I've been around a while. I'm not a teenager. And I've seen a lot. I've seen the 60s revolution. I watched all this. This isn't that. This is different than that. It's a lot different than that. And maybe I'll get into some of why it's different one of these days soon, maybe tomorrow or next week. But this isn't that. This is much different than that. This is destructive to the core. It is systemic in in the secular part of our society today, and it's being driven by uninformed people, as I said, because they've been misled for 12 years in school and four to 10 years in college or university. And that's all they know. And their parents don't have, in many cases, their parents don't have enough insight, enough, they're not informed enough, or they just don't care to stand up and say, son and daughter, listen, let me tell you how it is. The Bible tells parents to lead their children, but they're down there protecting their children from the so-called boogeyman that's in Washington, D.C. Man, we're in a bad shape in America. But I want to tell you there's good news. God has seen these kinds of things in world history before, and God is in control. And I will tell you that God is working his purposes no matter what's happening in our world, but I, I, I feel a, a clarion call. We better, we better look past all this nonsense from the these mayors and all these guys that are so screwed up in their own personal lives. They can't run a city. They can't run anything. And it's not just men or women. Lori Lightfoot in Chicago says, "Well, Donald Trump is trying to take on us women mayors." Well, Ted Wheeler in Portland's not a woman mayor. Lightfoot is. Durkin is. It doesn't matter what their gender is if they know what it is. But I will tell you, we need leadership in our country, and it's only going to come from a biblically-based 
worldview. Thanks for being with me today. It's always a pleasure. We need your support. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009.